We'll see how today goes. See how today goes. Okay, DM, th- not DM, TW32. Um, I guess we will start it out by thanks to all of our supporters uh, for the, I need to go fix some of the podcasts that I support, but for the technically working, because they were on uh, Mercury cards and I haven't fixed them yet. And yeah. this is weird recording an episode that i recently got done editing and that is publishing because of travel and adventures so what we talked about on the last episode is definitely top of mind for me yeah well i mean it does it does call back to that episode though that that is a thing that i have been slowly working my way through is adding new mercury cards or adding my new mercury card to uh services for example, my chat GPT plus did not get processed because apparently OpenAI doesn't use the same card for your API access as it does for chat GPT plus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was cool to find out today. I still hadn't done anything about it yet, uh, yeah. but I just saw the decline payment come through this morning. I was like, oh, oh, I didn't realize that was a thing. I thought I had taken care of this. Apparently yep. not. But yep, thanks to our supporters uh, through the tip jar, we do truly appreciate it. Uh, we also thank everybody who listens and those of you that have been sharing the show and telling your friends or grabbing their phones and just, you know, putting in the podcast when they ask you to do something else. You know, however you get your friends to listen, we do appreciate it. Uh, so I need to teach. So I think I have Sunday's episode. So I need to now that I'm saying it, record it in parallels. Because at the convention, there was a gentleman, I think you pronounce his name, Saeed. Um, he was having an issue with what were Aeropex. I think now they're just called open runs, if I remember right, from shocks. Mm-hmm. And what it was doing was he kept saying it was cutting out. So I'm like, well, I don't, that Bluetooth chip in that can't be super old. It should be working just fine. And then after talking more to him, I realized that he was encountering the Bluetooth issue when using Bluetooth with JAWS. So uh, I showed him how to go into his JAWS settings with JAWS key and the number six on the number row, do control shift D to go to the default uh, settings option, type in cut in the search field tab once and down arrow to uh, avoid speech cutoff and check that checkbox and then tab to apply and tab to okay. And when he did that and then he stopped reading and then started using his computer and it like immediately started working for him. I was a, a superhero, not, not in those words, but you know, I, I blew his mind that you could fix that problem. And it's little things like when we're, just playing around, we figure that out or paying attention. So got to record Sunday's episode. I'll record draws showing people how to do that. That is a good tip because that would be an irritating thing to deal with. And most people's response, probably including mine, if I didn't know about that, would be there's something wrong with these earbuds or these mm-hmm. headset or something. Uh, so good deal there. And hey, you just shared a tip with the technically working listeners. If yep. you're a JAWS user. So does this not occur with like NVDA or narrator? NVDA has an add-on, I think. There's also a third-party utility called Silenzio that Jonathan Mosen talked about a couple years ago that just runs in your system tray and runs silence to your sound card to keep it awake and active. So it may have some battery impact, but it's give and take. I would rather have a little bit less of a battery because my sound card or my Bluetooth device was always sending silence versus having to deal with half of the first word every time JAWS stopped talking. And Windows computer users aren't really used to great battery life to begin with. So, you know, not a big deal. I played with some Windows laptops last week that I don't know, man, if I had $2,300 laying around, there's one that had pretty good sound that, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so that was the surface book you were telling me about that was yeah i believe that was the surface book that i was playing with it was either that one or a lenovo yeah um i was gonna say friend of the show i'm not sure if we call him a friend of the show or not uh friend of the show adjacent steven scott <laughs> seems <laughs> to really be liking these lenovos uh here lately yeah uh 
Yeah, I, I am. Um, I'm really on the fence about the whole Windows thing. Um, running it in parallels is great. I, I still, at some point, seriously intend on trying out um, VMware just to see if the experience is different. But I'm hearing so many people using parallels that even aren't in our little, you know, tech bubble of of blind computer users that want virtual Windows that are parallels users. Like there, mm-hmm. there are things that people are for some reason right now eschewing. VMware Fusion on the Mac for trying to run Windows. And, you know, I know there's one person that we, I think, had a, I was kind of sort of in a conversation with you and them on Mastodon that was using VMware. Uh, or it may have been an email conversation. I don't remember. But, yeah, I mean, I want to try it. Windows virtualized, it works fine for what I need to do. Uh, there's obviously some oddities there. Bluetooth, uh, well, the keyboard, like that's the biggest issue to me is like not mm-hmm. being able to connect the keyboard and have it just be inside of Windows. Like it's super weird to me. I get why they don't make it easy or automatic because, yeah, you could lose the keyboard that controls your host machine. But if I'm literally sitting here with a keyboard trying to pair Bluetooth, like, why don't you let me do that? Yeah, let because let, I got let multiple Bluetooth connections, right? Right. So like, give let me be able to make that switch a little bit easier. So it's my cables. It's it's my AKG headphone cable that's going out. So I got to buy another one because, yeah, the in ears worked fine on Kelly and Romeo today. Ah, good deal. We talked ChatGPT Plus on Kelly and Romeo today, and the hands free have a conversation with ChatGPT, and then you can also send ChatGPT four images at a time, and ask questions of those images. So. I still prefer the interface to be my AI, but you can get, I think, a little more detail out of ChatGPT's image recognition. So I got to be honest, my whole interface to ChatGPT right now has strictly been through MacGPT. Like I have the Mm -hmm. iPhone app installed. I downloaded it when it was released. I've been seeing updates come through for it, but I only opened it once, I think. Uh, and I, I actually have not used it. I haven't even used that SGPT shortcut in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the things that ChatGPT is testing with their plus customers, so hands-free or image recognition or uh, Bing, etc., they say now are for plus users, but they also say coming soon for API developers, which makes me wonder how the experience with Siri and GPT will migrate this year and how much smarter Siri is going to get from third parties. Well, maybe next year because 23 is almost over, but um, if you could tell Siri, ask GPT this, and then it gets you connected to GPT, and then you're having a back and forth conversation with GPT, and Siri's out of the the picture, out of the loop, yeah. And there, then you can send those commands back into shortcuts because you give it input of what GPT's response is, and have shortcuts convert that to actions. So call Demasi, and then it actually calls you. <laughs> somebody made a shortcut i don't remember honestly where i saw this at and it may have been me listening to connected is where i heard about it uh, but somebody made a shortcut that interfaces with gpt and set it to their action button on the 15 pro uh, so it's just a shortcut like they made a shortcut that interfaces with it it's a little different somehow then the SGPT shortcut that uh, Federico Vatici made that we played around with. I played around with that for like three days and then like yep. now it's just in my shortcuts. Just... Yep. Yep. But that's how it happens. Like it's not it's not as useful. Not that it's not useful at all, but there's just a little bit enough of, of friction there that kind of kept me from using it. Um, and Mac GPT has just been amazing for me. I am definitely interested in checking out some more features. A um, couple of things that I've heard. I have done some of this myself. Some of it I've heard from other people uh, using chat GPT. Um, grabbing an image, like taking a screenshot. I did this a while back. I think I actually may have done this with uh, Be My AI also. 
uh, take a screenshot of a web page and then have it describe the visuals of that web page. Like what's the color scheme or, you know, can you, I actually haven't actually, what, can you tell what font they're using? That would be Ooh. nice to know. I didn't think Ooh, about yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, but I've gotten a pretty good structure markup of what a page looked like before. It's like, oh, okay. And did uh, you send that to GPT or did you send that to Bing? Because I've done that with Bing. I didn't think about using GPT. So I did it. The first time I tried it was with uh, Be My AI when it was still in beta. Um, it's, and the only reason I did it is because I discovered you could send, uh, it has like the shortcut, uh, not shortcut, what, what is it called? The share sheet option for uh, send to Be My AI. Uh, so I took a screenshot and then hit share and sent that in. Um, and then I've also done it with GPT uh, using the web interface. I have not done it. With, I haven't even really used Bing chat, to be honest. Like it, it shows up. I'm always surprised when I search in Edge because I'm using Edge on the Mac also right now. And I search in Edge and it's because I haven't gone in and changed the settings. Although I thought I did. But apparently, no, I did the Windows side. I didn't do the Mac Edge. Uh, but I'm always surprised when I search for something in the address bar in Edge and it comes up with Bing, you know, the results are in Bing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I should fix this. Going back to our previous show <laughs> where I can fix this problem, right? Because I really don't like Bing search, uh, but I just haven't done it because it, it, it occurs at a time that I'm trying to actually accomplish a task versus I'm like, oh, yeah, I should go in right now and fix my search engine in Bing to be DuckDuckGo. I mean, an edge to be DuckDuckGo uh, because that's what I have been using. Is so, it because when you're done on the computer, you're done on the computer and you don't go tinker around with it anymore like you used to? Because that's the case for me. Yep. It's kind of like that. Uh, it's like I'm searching for something in edge because I'm already in edge because whatever page I'm using or site I'm on, you know, behaves a little better in edge or something like that. You know, behaves better in a Chromium browser than it does in Safari. Uh, which I have a have a quick side story about that in a second, too. And so I'll go search for something because I'm already in edge. Right. So I'll just hit, you know, command L or command in, you know, type in my search result. No, it's Bing results. OK, well, let's see if I can find the answer here in Bing. OK, I found my answer. I've done what I needed to do. And then, yeah, I go on about my business like I'm not trying to go fix it. Uh, I noticed. So I was having a conversation through Amazon's messaging interface. Uh, with a seller because I bought a product. I don't think I talked about this on the show at all. I don't. I don't remember. Anyway, I bought this thing a while back. Uh, it's a little portable mini tripod. Uh, it is the PGY Tech Mantis Pod Pro. Is the device I bought. Uh, I got it on sale. It is currently at last time I looked, which was two days ago, one forty nine now. So a little expensive, uh, but a very flexible portable tripod um and a piece of it broke like there's a little side mount where you could put a lightweight microphone or a light onto it or something like that and that little piece broke off so i was trying to get in touch with their support and emailed their support team didn't get a response uh finally i clicked through and i don't remember exactly how i got here which is the painful part of it because amazon doesn't make it obvious and it's not the same on every product page but i somehow got through uh, not from the product page of the product that I needed help with, but from somewhere else dealing with that that uh, seller on Amazon and got to the support screen where I could, you know, contact the, the, the seller, right? Right. So we start a conversation or whatnot about what's going on and they wanted a picture of the thing. So, you know, I took a picture of the thing and tried to send the picture. In Safari, so what you get here is like just a, a, a basic, you know, kind of, conversation you know ticketing system looking thing just just on the web right so you send a message and you hit send they send a reply back amazon will email you and tell you you have a reply but they won't show it to you in the email you have to click through and go to amazon and view it so gotcha they wanted a picture so i take a picture of the thing uh and then i run the picture through be my ai here's where the ai stuff really comes in handy for us especially with be my ai i imagine bing would do similar and chat gpt if you're able to do it but i use Bing uh be my ai just because it's sitting right there it's not what they call it anymore either is it uh i'm gonna be like the twitter people who refuse to call it x although i'm not calling <laughs> be my ai whatever it's called now because i actually don't remember what it's called but uh i did a share sheet it is it is be my ai now oh okay 
Oh, I thought they were doing something different at some point. No, there we won't was talk an, about it. Yeah. We won't talk about it because it wasn't public information when they said it. Okay, so Be My AI uh, shows up in the share sheet, like I mentioned earlier. So I take the photo normally. I go to my photo viewer. I open up that image. I share it there. And I my question was, can you describe to me what, what's in this image? So it tells me I see a, what looks like a... Um, tripod or something you know exact words don't don't or don't matter but essentially it's like i see this tripod it's on a uh you know table um i also see what appears to be a piece for the tripod on the side of it laying on the table also and i see a portion of a keyboard blah 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 right so i was like okay it's got a good picture of the tripod and it's got a picture of the piece that's not that's no longer attached to the tripod uh, right on the side so i'll send this i try to send this picture now Obviously, for me, I'm in Safari because that's typically where I'm living at when I'm browsing the web is Safari. So I go to the form and I type in, okay, here's the image. And first I tried, there was no button to attach an image, right? So I'm looking for this thing, like attach a, you know, attach an image or file or something, right? There's no button there. There's report and send. So I said, okay, this is a Mac. I'm going to go into Finder, copy the image and paste it. And paste well, you know, this is where sometimes the Mac is a little too smart and doesn't do what you think it's going to do. It just pasted in the name of the image. (laughs) (laughs) So I sent that message before I realized that that's what it did. I was like, oh, crap. I was like, all right, well, I got a solution for this. I will throw it in sync and just get a link and paste the link in. I did not realize that they stripped links out in this message. (sighs) Uh Uh-huh, yeah. And I actually didn't realize that until they replied and said, so Amazon doesn't pass images to, so it's, I mean, pass links through, so it stripped out the link. And I was like, mm, okay. And I said, you know, it occurred to me, uh, and again, I've said this before, we've both said this, and I'm going to repeat it here again for people. It is always smart. Even if it's not your primary browser to have a secondary browser on your computer. Because I go to Edge, I copy the link from the you know screen I'm on in Safari. I go to Edge, paste the link in, sign it to Amazon, and oh look, there's a button that says attach, just hanging out there, like boom, right there, like obvious, <laughs> like it was it was wasn't hidden anywhere, it wasn't at the bottom past the send button or nothing. It's like right there where you would expect it to be on a form where you possibly may want to upload something. So I attached the image and set it off or whatever. You know, long story short, for whatever reason, they're out of stock in the U.S., so they're going to ship me one from China, which means it probably won't be here until February. Uh, but you know, that's hey, ridiculous. Yeah, it is. But you'll get one. Hopefully, but I'll get one. Hopefully, and you know, I don't have to buy another. One. I do like it as a device, as a, as a portable tripod. Uh, it's pretty nice. I definitely wouldn't want to pay one fifty for it. It's probably worth the one fifty because it's very solidly built. Uh, but I don't want to pay that for it. I don't do that much <laughs> video stuff, man. Like, you know, Mike, you should go buy one. <laughs> you're on camera they at least sponsor the show first. How about that? You're on camera at least once a week, man. Yeah. Uh, huh. So you know, speaking of that, uh, yeah, they should sponsor the show. Uh, speaking of which, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, you should reach out to tw at yourownpay.com. Just you know, we'll we'll happily discuss your product if we think it's something we want to discuss because you know we won't take your money and not talk about your product. I'll say it that way. We may turn down your money. Uh, but speaking of that, that might actually be a good reason to reach out to them uh, to see if they would send you a demo unit of this. Uh, because you are getting it to a point where, well, you already do a video show at least once a week. You're on video guarantee. Like unless it's a holiday, you're going to be on video every Monday uh, for AMI. So that is the thing. Um, then you are traveling more and I have a sneaking suspicion that you're going to end up doing more video stuff uh, beyond just Monday's Kelly and Romeo. So we'll yeah, see where I'll, that goes. I'll yeah. drop might, might be worth yeah. Drop me a link and I'll I'll reach out to them and see, and we'll see if they send a demo unit because I don't necessarily want to buy one either. It's like that thing Mallory got that I was telling you about yesterday uh, when we got back from the convention. She got it for six dollars. That was on a flash sale, and it's normally twenty eight dollars. So it's around <laughs> that price point. And like I'm like, huh? Well, I don't know. I'll go. I should have bought like twenty of those or something because that's a 
that's a deep discount. So I got to reach out to them and talk with them. Yeah, that would be a good conversation to have. I'm often like that with things where it's like, I could see why somebody that is making money, I don't make money at doing videos, so I wouldn't spend the money on it, right? Like, that's, that's one thing. But there's a lot of stuff like that. Like, I'm really interested in this device that Jonathan Mosin talked about, the, um, what is it called? Something Sin caster. Uh, Portcaster. Yeah. Right? I'm also now confused because I've been on their website. Uh, I also looked around Amazon to see if they had it on Amazon. Um, I have not yet emailed them. That is a thing that I, I, it's on my to-do list that, that, that at least got it, you know, high. I'm, I'm checking things off if they're in to-do list if I put in, uh, due dates and get a reminder or something. So that's happening. I just hadn't gotten around to that because it's like, that's not super mission critical and I'm in the middle of migrating DNS infrastructure, man. I ain't got time to be. Don't have time to, you know, just be playing around with, with toys, you know, because it's a thing. But the thing is $549. I am confused now, though, because they have like three different products that look almost. I can't tell what the difference is between that one, the the court caster, which they say is designed for, you know, court reporters uh, and remote court, you know, meetings. And it's like, but it looks like the exact same thing that this is. What is the difference? I'm confused. It's like a $150 price difference. Right. Uh, but the court caster is cheaper. Get me. Ah. Yeah. The court caster is cheaper. Right. But I'm like, so what? I'm, I'm confused. Like, are you just rebranding the same product over and over again? It just depends on who you're targeting determines what it costs. Like, I'm a little confused. Uh, I know nothing about this court caster because this is the first you brought it up, but well, that I have heard of this. But I wonder if it's just a single channel instead of dual channel because I think the other device is a stereo dual channel recorder. I, I honestly don't know, but I wouldn't want to go buy either of them right now because my audio setup for the most part is breaking well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to buy one because, I mean, it's 549 bucks. Man. <laughs> like, Jesus. I mean, listen, to be fair, I would have spent the ridiculous amount of money it costed for the sound devices USB Pre 2 mm-hmm. as an interface because it was so solidly built. And the one thing traveling with my vocaster, especially, you know, and I was in my carry on luggage, so I wasn't as worried about it because it was in my backpack, but it feels like it could get broken. I, it maybe, it maybe it's sturdier than it feels, but it doesn't feel like I really want to just, you know, throw this around too many places. Mm-hmm. Um, that freaking sound devices thing. Like, dude, you could knock somebody out with that. Like it, it was, <laughs> it was all 100% metal, very nice, very solid buttons. Like it was a nice device. It was also over a thousand dollars for a two channel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the big thing is those dip switches. Like I couldn't, you know, maneuver those so it's like yeah i can't really do the routing i want to do with it because i can't maneuver these switches and you're stupid expensive <laughs> uh, you know if it had been like 299 i would have kept it and maybe tried to figure out a way to, to to jury rig something in there that i could use to flip the switches or something but yeah the portcaster is interesting to me because it does solve some of the problems without you know that one mac os kind of creates with they're not showing you all your audio channels that's a two-channel interface i believe this court caster is also a two-channel interface as well yeah. uh, but it has a nice patch cable uh so you could bring in phone guests uh or bring in audio from from a device over a 3.5 millimeter jack uh i could plug this into a phone or an ipad or something and use it so it's, it's interesting but the price point is a little I'm not going to say outrageous. It may be worth the money. I mean, what can I say? I'm sitting in front of a MacBook that, you know, a lot of people are. That's outrageous. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice except for the software. The hardware is great. The software. The software. Mm, software, yeah. you know, sometimes. Has some work. <laughs> uh, that is one upside to, you know, uh, the the a lot of the gear that I'm interested in turns out not to have software. And I think that's a theme for me. Mm. But it also tends not to be all that cheap either. Gotcha. But speaking of audio and gear and buying stuff, uh, you know, I know that you didn't get your cable that you ordered uh, until Friday. It. I mean, you yeah, got Friday. it, but, you know, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of help when it was, what, 100 miles away from you or something? 
No, it was only 15 miles away because it was here, our convention was. So we could have just come back out and get it. But we ended up just buying one because I didn't know I was going to get it on Friday. So when we were at Guitar Center on Thursday, I just picked up a, well, what I thought was the cable that I wanted, uh, which was a quarter inch to XLR cable. What I ordered on Sweetwater was an eighth inch to dual XLR cable. Both of both ends are males because I'm pretty sure I was told that it was dual XLR when I called them. Uh, so come to find out it was a single XLR. Um, it was correct information that we did have to route the audio on our own. Uh, their system wouldn't let you send audio back out of the system. It was either in and then uh, we route the audio um, before it goes into the system or the audio in the system doesn't go out to Zoom. So, of course, we want Zoom to be heard through the overhead and we didn't want Zoom to hear themselves. So I had a very convoluted setup that in retrospect and after talking to Demasi, I think not having Honestly, not having enough adapters was a detriment to me, but I don't know how that impacted the audio um, that we got. And we have a sample that we'll play. Um, I I ran into the issue where I was monitoring what was going into Zoom with my headphones. Well, there was a low-level hum that when I turned on um, Zoom noise cancellation, it took that away. So what Zoom heard was almost everything I heard, minus the hum, which also took some frequencies out of people's voices. And I didn't realize what was going on because we sounded fine and we sounded a lot better than, you know, sometimes you can and definitely better than last year when we used a, the microphone for a MacBook from a MacBook Air uh, picking up the overhead speakers. So to me, it didn't sound that bad, but, uh, you know, we got some feedback and now I know what to do in future. So I had a MacBook Air that was on the desk in front of me and coming out of the MacBook Air on the left side, we had a USB-C cable going to the Vocaster, which is where voiceover was assigned to. And then I had a USB-C to OWC dock. Um, and that OWC dock had an HDMI cable plugged into it. So my system audio, I ended up setting to come out of the HDMI cable. Um, I could have just set Zoom to that, but it was easier to do the system audio right then. And then between sessions, I just played one of the PLS files, which is a local radio station with some classic rock over the overhead system at a low volume, not too loud. Anyways, so that worked out well. And uh, we have the Vocaster plugged in in the in the i'm trying to think of where we had the other audio going because we had oh so since zoom or yeah since zoom was set to our default audio um it was going out of the hdmi which brought the zoom audio into the overhead speaker so zoom came through crystal clear not a problem well we had these microphones and um when i plugged in the quarter inch to XLR cable that I had from the microphones to the vocaster. Um, obviously people in the overhead, like, or in the room couldn't hear us. So, um, we plugged that in directly to the overhead, um, speakers, but then zoom or the overhead people were hearing, but zoom wasn't hearing the people. So it was either one or the other. So uh, Connor, who is amazing at the facility we had our convention at uh, with IT, said, oh, well, I got an audio mixer. Let's try putting that in and see where that goes. And so he hooked this up. Um, I did not put this part together. So I'm going to try to go off of memory of how things look slash were configured. Um, and I could have it wrong. So the mixer he had was a Behringer. And I think Mallory has a picture of it. I think it was the 802. Um, which had two outputs, one of which we ran to the overhead speakers. And then the second output we ran was to the Vocaster. 
And then we ran the quarter inch to XLR from the wireless receiver on the wireless mics into channel one of the mixer. So then we would hand the wireless mics around. That audio would come out of the receiver for the wireless mics into the Behringer mixer. I believe at this point it may have had some EQing and I did not, I wasn't familiar enough with that mixer and I honestly didn't think about it. Um, and so I believe there was some EQing going on, but when it came out of the mixer into the house system and into the vocaster, it sounded fairly well, it sounded great in house. Um, and on the vocaster, it did sound a little tinny, but not as tinny as what it came out to be. So that's the audio setup. If that convoluted process makes sense. Okay. So that, that explains how the mixture got involved in the situation. I think I would have tried, and I know this is kind of on the fly. Uh, you have to tell uh -huh. me you want to play this audio in. Oh, you want to play the audio in now? Yeah, let's 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 play the sample so people can hear, because Demasi needs to practice using clips. Uh, well, yeah, and we want people to hear. Then we'll talk about. Thank you. I was waiting for a microphone, so I appreciate Mallory bringing it. Um, I have a real quick report. Uh, uh, the Southwestern chapter has been meeting on the second Saturday of the month. We will not be. We did meet this this month. I said we will not be. We did meet this month, um, and we have gotten together at a local restaurant. So when I kind of stumbled over my words and I said, I almost said we didn't meet this month, uh, I got quieter, and you heard the audio go away and Zoom kind of cancel out part of that. Mm -hmm. That's how some people off mic ended up sounding, was you could hear them talking, but you couldn't really understand what was going on. Gotcha. So... I kind of understand how you got to where you were. Um, mm -hmm. I wonder if this would have worked uh, because the first thing you said to me Friday when we tested was like, oh, I got to buy this mixer. I'm going to buy a Behringer. And I was like, oh, man, no, <laughs> no. You know what? I just realized I didn't even try monitoring to the HDMI port. So here's what I think would have worked. Um with just a vocaster and the, if you're going to buy anything, what, oh, well, we'll see if this works. So what I think would have worked is, so you plug the microphones into with that quarter inch to um, XLR, XLR into the vocaster, right? Yep. So that way you're getting in for people listening that may have either missed last week's episode or um, I don't even remember if we went over those, those wireless mics or not. That is so that both wireless mics are coming in on the one channel because Mike has the Vocaster one. So uh, the wireless mic setup does have two XLRs that he could have plugged in if he would have had, you know, two XLRs available, uh, giving them two different channels. So that's to bring that into the Vocaster. Since you had to use the HDMI to push, just quick side note, was this a H? So just assuming that a eighth inch to XLR cable would have worked to also push audio into the sound system? Yes. Okay. Uh, but, I think. But given your given your, your setup, the way things were, so HDMI was the, the output uh, mm -hmm. on the computer. Uh, and it turns out I was correct that it did show up as a as an output for HDMI. Yep. I was glad that worked out. So what you maybe could have, and the goal here was so the HDMI was the output for Zoom so people could hear Zoom, correct? Correct. Okay. So one thing that you could have possibly tried, and I would, I, I, again, I know this is kind of heated a moment and you're trying to get stuff working and the guy's like, oh, I got a mixer. Let's try that. So of course you're going to try to mix <laughs> and it. And then right? it works. And it yeah. works. So yeah. you're going to leave it the hell alone at that point. Um. All right. So I would have attempted to set the grab the audio from the vocaster and loop back uh, mm -hmm. from the channel and set the HDMI as a monitor to see if that would have worked. So that way you have Zoom going out of its thing by itself and you well going out of the HDMI, but you're not you know messing with its audio routing. And then you have the vocaster uh, pushing the audio out 
uh, into well pushing the audio into Zoom with a virtual device yep. to pull the audio into Zoom, but also pushing that same with that same device monitor, pushing it out of the HDMI uh, connector, and that may have gotten you what you needed to get uh, mm. without the mixer mm. being involved. Yeah. I still should buy a mixer if I'm going to get involved in this because sometimes it does make sense to to do it hardware um, when you got to have different outputs. I don't know what mixer, but if I remember right, that one's only like 120 bucks. Or the Behringer's tend not to cost a lot of money. Um, I just noted, and what I had was a Behringer USB interface that may be different altogether. Uh, Maybe you were experiencing what real audio was like on the Mac at that <laughs> point. Yeah, it. So, what was the issue with the Behringer I had? The Behringer that I ended. This is the particular model I had. I don't remember what it was. I probably could go back and look through my Sweetwater purchase history if people really cared that much. Uh, but the issue I had then is that there was no way for me to cut voiceover. Not again. This was a USB audio interface with a mixer. You know, kind of like the 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 Soundcraft is right. It's a mm-hmm. mixer and audio interface, right? So. With that particular board, there was no way, and I, I mean, Tamir spent about you know a good 30, 45 minutes on the phone trying to figure this out. Uh, there was no way for me to hear voiceover through the headphones plugged into the board, but keep voiceover out of the mix, right? Like there, that was literally right. not possible. It's also predates, you know, loop back or whatever, but I would have been a little ticked at the time if I spent the money for that and then also had to use loop back to solve the problem. This is one of the reasons I, I don't disagree with the maybe you should think about getting a mixer at some point. Uh, I, I would really heavily investigate those and whether you want a, a USB uh, mixer, which seems to come with their own set of trade-offs or just a regular hardware mixer. The problem that I kind of see, though, is the Mac. Uh, uh-huh. Because if you have a USB interface, because one, you don't have that many ways to get the audio into the mixer, right? Like, I mean, you could plug your microphones in and then route the audio in. Well, actually, okay, hold on. Wait, there's a few ways you could do this. (laughs) So if we're starting from a mixer, right, Mm -hmm. starting directly from a mixer, you could plug the mics into their own channels. So they're all on their own channels. Have a output router to go into the Mac using um, either a TRRS uh, eighth inch going into the headphone jack of your Mac because that works. The little little uh, crazy long cable uh, <laughs> uh, uh, lav mic I have now uh, has TRS on the end and I plugged it into the Mac that way. That does work. Um, so that's one solution to get the audio into the Mac that you want but you don't have that internal routing capability that you would you would necessarily want to have there. Uh, yeah although sometimes it is faster to just reach over and twist it up and and i think the most frustrating part with the whole situation is i didn't know anything about that mixer and it was working so i didn't want to screw it up well yeah 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 but yeah the reason i say i feel like the mac is kind of the bottleneck there is because like you can't do your backup recording in Reaper, right? Not the way that you would right. want to do it track by, you know, each individual track because like you gotta you gotta figure that part out. Whereas Windows would just expose everything so you could route and say send this here, send that there, because it would expose all the channels uh in a much more fluent way than using loopback. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you either gotta go get a Windows laptop or uh do you some know, more experimentation. Buy with, well, just when you buy something, buy something that's going to be USB that exposes all of its channels over USB at least. Right. And just know that you're going to have to use loopback uh, to, to do some mapping the way you may want to do it. Uh, I kind of feel like that's not really an acceptable answer, but it's kind of what we got. I wonder if using Reaper to do mapping would be easier if you get something that exposes all the inputs and outputs. I didn't play with that. So Reaper would do that. The problem is sending the track audio out of Reaper. Right. I think. Right. So you're still looking at probably using something like. So that's where, uh, which takes us into a, well, a very brief discussion. But that's where something like um, the source elements uh, Nexus gotcha. add on gotcha. would come in useful, right? So you could take your, and we'll use the Soundcraft as an example because you're familiar with how that works. Plug that in, plug in your microphones to the Soundcraft, uh, channel one, channel two. Uh, 
plug in a cable. Nope, you would need an out. Oh, no, you do need. Oh, crap. Hmm. <laughs> so here's what I just thought about. But no, you're running Zoom on the computer, right? Yeah, so, Zoom's on the computer. So okay, okay. audio has to go into Zoom. Nope. So that, that's only workable. the audio from in from, from the yeah from the microphones. Okay. So just theoretically, how this could work with using Reaper, you still would end up having to do some weird stuff. But using Reaper, uh, you map out all your channels. So channel one, channel two for your microphones one and two. Uh, you put Zoom on channel three, for example. Using loopback, unfortunately, you have to go back to loopback because you still need to be able to pull Zoom's audio and route it to that channel three. To right, channel that's kind three. of the only way to get that done. Yeah, uh, that I know of, at least. Uh, maybe in Windows, you can actually select the track of the output audio for Zoom. If anybody knows the answer to that question, <laughs> please reach out and let us know. Uh, I would test this up. I don't really have a good way to do that. Um, that would be interesting, though. That might Windows make me manufacturer, go. do you want to sponsor the show? <laughs> <laughs> Too bad we don't got that connection at Microsoft anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. Jeff never gave us anything. It was just a joke. Uh, uh, yeah, calm down. Dial it down. Um, so that could work, I, I think. Uh, the reason I was thinking about, oh, actually, though, actually, no, you don't have to use loopback. We could take loopback out of this equation, right? So I'll tell you how you could have duplicated what you needed to do right here very quickly with the Vocaster in that Nexus plugin. You still need a piece of software. Mm-hmm. Plug the Vocaster, not the Vocaster. We're not using that. We're using the Soundcraft. Uh, no, so plug the Soundcraft. The, okay. yeah, plug yeah. the Soundcraft in. Right. So at this point, you have channel one and channel two. You know, we'll say that would be your, your two wireless mics. So you're using their actual XLR outputs, yep. you know, to go into channel one, channel two. Boom. Got that. All right. Channel three, we want that to be uh zooms audio right so what i or actually no let's go uh stereo pair seven eight okay. right because you want your left right for, for zoom yep right a eighth inch to y quarter inch going into seven eight and you're plugging that eighth inch into the headphone jack of your mac right and you said zoom's output to be that right to be the headphones so now that's going into seven eight so you got that routable that would have to go into five six because you said two quarter inch and the soundcraft combines seven eight into one quarter inch uh, are you sure yep one of those has a dual quarter inch though um Is 11 it? 12 has a dual rca in um, i think nine ten has dual XLR. anyways yeah. yeah yeah one of those <laughs> So we run that out, right? So we're sending the Zoom's audio out of the headphone jack, so it goes into yep. the goes into the board, right? So in Reaper, channel one obviously is you know track one is mapped to channel one for that audio. Track two is mapped to channel two. Uh, track three, we'll map that to the microphone to to Zoom to Zoom. Yeah. Uh, so it's got those inputs because all those channels are going to show up in in, in uh, Reaper as as Reaper. you would expect them to. And let's see, what else did you need? Okay, so we got audio that coming in. That was it. Okay. So And then this, you have to send the audio out. Yep. So the, so with this Nexus uh plug in from uh source elements, uh you would create a track for the effect to apply that plug in and mm-hmm. you would say, Okay, one device I want channels one and two to be on a on a basically it's kind of like a virtual device that, that allows you to source your connections using the, using a, a VST or AU plugin, right? So you create the virtual device for, say, channels one and channel two that are going to be your microphones going, in, going into Zoom. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in Reaper, you would do a send uh, from channel one and channel two into, we'll call it track four yeah, uh, for Zoom FX out. Yep. yep. And we're going to send that audio to that Zoom device. Uh, that you the virtual device that you created for in the Nexus interface, right? Because there's an interface mm-hmm. for the plugin, right? So then you set that as the input to Zoom. So now Zoom hears everything coming across the microphones for yep. output of Zoom in the microphones to the overhead system. You would create a, a secondary virtual device that is going to route your audio to the HDMI output, right? And then you would just ah. do a send from channel from tracks one, two, and three to that device and then you're recording all three of those and you're recording all three of those tracks separately yep 
yeah. as well as routing the audio out. So that's where that Nexus plugin comes in at. Uh, you're still using some software, but you also have a very nice uh, backup uh, recording with separate tracks and all of that. So it's why it's a thing and why it exists. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder well, if I could hack together a loop back way. I'm not going to get into that on this show, but it might be something to explore. Yeah, we could do a virtual mixture of loop back as possible. I've done it before, so we could we could explore that path as well. Uh, but that's that's one way to do it as cleanly as possible and using an actual, you know, more outboard gear for your routing. Uh, because you could, you know, secondarily also just choose to send with the with the soundcraft in this particular instance. Just send your audio out from the three channels that you want to one, two, and and one one and two and five and six or whatever. Right. Uh, to a send to those a to an ox or one of yeah, the send, yeah, send them to one of the oxes and just send that into the board, send that into the system that way as well. Yeah. Uh, I group. So some different options. Oxer groups. Yeah, there were different options and. We got better this year. We are learning and growing because one thing that I have to realize is it's a evolution and I don't have all the answers, but if I'm willing to expand on that, then it just makes it better for everyone. And at some point it's a service to provide because the hotel did not, they weren't positioned for a hybrid experience. They were more positioned to bring audio and video into the house, but not facilitate that. Not facilitate going back out. And realizing that there's still that gap in the market, but that's, I think that's the new reality is if you can facilitate doing a hybrid experience, then that's going to make you stand out from what other people are doing. Yeah. Or being able to find a solution that you can plug in just about anywhere. Right. Yeah. Uh, and being able to, f- to facilitate that, uh, that legitimately is one of the reasons I was kind of interested in that. I, I still am interested in this portcaster thing, uh, going back to that for a second, cause it does have two, you know, two XLR inputs. It's got stereo out, uh, over a 3.5 mil. It's got a, you know, patch cable bring it. So there's a lot of routing options on a very small device uh, that also has USB-C so it could go into a computer or, or a phone or an iPad or, you know, whatever. So there's flexibility there without it being this huge monstrous thing. And since I have gotten so used to over the years again, thank you, Mac OS, to doing so much virtual audio routing with loopback, um, it is it's, it is a solution that is extremely portable as well. Like that's the other side of it is like you don't want to have to lug around a you know twenty five pound board, yeah, uh, yep. to get stuff done. So that that's yeah, one of the right. things I'm super interested in uh, there. Yeah. And I'll add for some people listening, like if you're thinking about professional audio or if you've ever done professional audio or worked in any kind of environment around professional audio gear there for the longest time uh, was the I would say non-spoken po- well I don't say non-spoken policy what, what what am I trying to say so there was a thing where oh you always got to do it in hardware software mm. you know routing is no good i was this guy like i mean go back and if you can find it go dig up an episode of you know dm or i probably said that. i really don't <laughs> want to buy this thing because it uses software to route my audio i don't like it right right i want my stuff on a board with some knobs and some sliders <laughs> and stuff man and i, I want to make those changes and i still honestly feel that way but unfortunately i have to face the reality of where we are and this kind of you know again ties into things that we've been discussing about business too sometimes you have to face the reality of where you are or where the world is going right not necessarily where you are but where the world is going and like you you can stay where you are and um not grow not evolve and you know well you know they say if you're not evolving or if you're not growing you're dying so you know what i mean there's that yeah uh, but one of the biggest things is that so many of these interfaces that are coming out now are, and they have been coming out for the past few years, are very digital, like very digital. Like mm-hmm. to get a decent analog board, like, I mean, you can get an okay analog board for under $1,000, but to get something that was more prevalent in the, I would say, three to 
thousand dollar range about 10 10 ish 15 years ago like you're either going to get something that's super crappy if it's under a thousand dollars in most cases not all or you're going to be paying over three to four grand for something that is completely analog uh, because so much of this stuff now has the onboard screens and it's all mm. digital routing and all of this stuff and i realized when i was listening to an episode of uh office hours and they were talking about software and stuff and talking about some software i know nothing about whatsoever i think it's the episode i learned about uh uh iso zoom iso okay they were talking about that but uh and a couple of people you know chimed in on this like oh yeah you gotta always make sure you got audio hijack and loop back like just go buy the bundle like save yourself the pain you might think you just need loop back just buy the bundle with audio hijack and loop back because you gotta have and i was like oh those guys are doing the same thing i've been doing for the couple of past few years here and using loop back and audio hijack to make magic happen inside of a box right because i don't have this giant thing that i can carry around with me so good deal man i'm, I'm, I'm yeah. glad it, it did work out um yeah, worked out, and we'll do some post production cleanup and turn the some of the content okay, into podcasts isotope. and isotopes yeah, right. help there. There you go, audio repair. Uh, the one gotcha: if you're ever using a Centron system and you plug in and you see that Centron HDMI out, and you can't get your audio to work, go into the settings in the inaccessible touchscreen and choose turn off or restart system. When you restart the system, it'll tell you. Actually, I think it's just turn off. Yeah, it is. So turn off system. It'll tell you this will take two minutes for a cooling down period. So every time it didn't work, we had to turn it off, and that took two minutes. Slowly turned off all the lights in the house. So if you did not, if you have no light perception, there's your tip for the day. You can let people know that the lights are going to go down. People freaking out in there, like yep, yep. (laughs) Um, And then you turn it back on with the start button, and then it comes back on, and then. Typically works. What I ended up doing is running a PLS file, so it would play a uh, audio stream of a local radio station. That way, when it came back on, I was able to tell. And then Connor turned off the projectors because we weren't using visuals in the room, but we could have had visuals up if we wanted to. So pros and cons. And now. I feel like, well, I know we've grown from what we did in April when I look back at April and the experience with definitely, that definitely. to what we did this year. And then it's going to be in the same place again in April because it's at the same place next year. So between now and April, I'll have done more research and it'll be another better experience as long as we're growing. Just continue growing, man. And we'll have a discussion too. Uh, I'm putting this in the show, but we'll have a discussion too, you know, with JJ who said, well, we just bring our own audio. (laughs) We'll see what he's bringing because that, that might be. And how many people is he bringing for? Well, how many people besides him are bringing stuff? Cause I get the sense, uh, my, my sense of that comment was he's not bringing all of the stuff he's bringing Ah. a part. That person has a part, right? And that's the other part of this is figuring out, does it make sense to bring your own outboard gear or figure out how to, work within the bounds of what a hotel is going to offer you and just bring a whole bunch of adapters for everything you could possibly have to adapt. <laughs> need to start an adapter collection. I did have the blast as my backup solution. So hey, I didn't have to use go. it, but man, you could have stereo paired them. I mean, you need two. you could have did a stereo yeah. pair and put them each on the side of the room. And Hey, there you go. Yep. Yep. But that was the adventure. Um, Anything else you want to chat about? I have not set up uh, Valet yet, but I do have a real good article from the SpinUp WP team that shows you how to do it too. So between your instructions and that article, I think that's going to be my goal shortly because I want to pull some sites down and start tinkering on them. So I'm going to say since you haven't done it yet um – well, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't done it yet, um, give it a couple of days. I may tell you to try herd because I know you're kind of in the same position I'm at right now where you're planning to wipe your Mac mm-hmm. um, as soon as you get some downtime. Uh, herd does have a little bit more of a graphical interface. It's actually an app that you can just download and install. I uh haven't played around i forgot that there was actually like a menu bar thing right so you can go change Ah. some settings without having to go dig and config file so 
I'll let you know because I'm, I'm messing around with that a little bit. Valet, either one you pick, like if you want to go in and try Valet because you got that article and you got the time to do it, like it doesn't hurt because if you wipe mm-hmm. your computer, you can always bring it back. And if you try Herd, I'm like, oh, no, this actually works better. Herd does not require you to install PHP or anything like that locally because uh-huh. it packages all okay. together. So it's a little so bit So it's like an all-in-one weight. thing. Yeah. Yeah, but you still have your command line, you know, commands that you can use if you're in the terminal, but there's also a graphical interface. So let's say you're looking at a site and you want to isolate PHP. That's something Mm -hmm. I don't think I did talk about last week either. It's one of the reasons I like this is because I can, I did say this because I said my site was on PHP 7.4. Never mind. Uh, But if you wanted to isolate a site, you don't have to try to, you know, like I don't remember how to do this. Let me go look at the docs real quick. With herd, you just click on the menu bar item, and there's you know you can follow the path to say isolate PHP, pick the site that you want to isolate that version for, and then lock that that site to that version of PHP. So a little bit more of a graphical interface uh, to it, still with the same command line stuff that works in Valet. So uh, even if you try one and switch to the other, the command line stuff is going to be the same. It's up, you know, instead of valet, whatever you would type heard, whatever, uh, or vice versa. But, um, yeah, I think valet is probably going to end up where I go back to though, when I wipe my computer, just because, uh, one problem with heard when I do a brew upgrade, uh, is an, this doesn't happen with all apps, but for some reason, Herd is one of these apps, and I've seen it with a couple of other ones. You do brew upgrade, and it treats it like a brand new installation initially. So when uh-huh. you first open it, it's like, oh, the Herd is app downloaded from the internet. Brew downloaded this app on blah, blah, blah date, right? And you have to hit OK. And then there's a little startup, you know, wizard thing, and you got to say, yeah, continue. Yes, I'm already, yeah, I was using Valet, but I've been using you for like two months. Why are you acting like you just got here? Uh, yeah, I just so I have to do that that with any app that brew updates, like hmm. not Maybe. not the startup wizard, but the 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 y- this is a download new app. app. You have yeah. to hit open. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I just thought that was how it worked. It, it seems to be the case. Maybe I don't open or maybe stuff doesn't update as much as I think it does in some cases because I notice it. Like I notice it with like you know uh, Reaper for me is when the most yeah, recent time Reaper. I notice it. So yeah, maybe it does happen with all of them, but that startup wizard thing really kind of got me because I that, couldn't that get a site. To, every time. Yeah, I couldn't get a site to open up. Like it was telling me I was getting an nginx error. Like oh, I don't know nothing about this. What do you mean? <laughs> I was like, okay, let me open up her directly. Oh, this is the first time you've ever run, huh? Oh, we see that you used to use Valet, dude. You like to migrate? Ah, uh, sure. Why not? Even though <laughs> we did this two months ago. Oh, okay. Now but- everything works. But do you can you still use WPCLI to install WordPress or does that install WordPress for you? No, no, no. You still will use WPCLI uh, to so install So you go to WordPress. the directory, run those commands, and go from there. Yep. So, yep. so one thing about Herd, and I think uh, this is something I've not been able to because Herd is still fairly new. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the only reason I jumped on it because I was like, oh, well, the Laravel people were involved with, with Beyond <laughs> Code. Maybe they're going to deprecate Valley and it'll start working at some point. Uh, let me go try this new thing before I don't have a choice. Uh, but both both of these tools were designed and developed for Laravel developers. Uh, Herd works perfectly fine with WordPress, as well as uh, I'm assuming everything else that Valet worked with. Valet does have the the, and I haven't seen this and heard, and it's one of the reasons I may end up going back to Valet uh, with some customized structured. WordPress uh, installations I have, you have to do some different stuff for multi-site to work. And mm. um, heard, not heard, Valet actually had drivers to support, you know, somebody wrote like a custom driver to to resolve the URLs or whatever. And I don't know if heard has that concept or not, but that's probably more than anybody cares to know about. <laughs> I want to hear about your experience with these shocks fits or fit yeah, fit, fit, shock fit, open fit, open fit. Is open fit. Called. Yeah, because everything is open. So these are <laughs> kind of surprising to me. I was a little bit surprised when I pulled it out of the box. Um, it has a small case, kind of like, uh, what was the headset I told you, Mallory? You have them. The, the Beats. Beats Fit Pros. Yeah, the Beats Fit Pro. So it opens in the front, and then there is a USB-C slot in the back that you charge the case. 
when you open it up, you have the uh, uh, fit itself because they're two. They're two completely wireless ear attachments is the best way to describe it. <laughs> and uh, there's a loop on it that it loops over the top of your ear and the back kind of comes down behind your earlobe. And there's a rectangle piece that sits on the outside of your ear. So it doesn't sit on that bone and conduct your bone. They're not bone conduction earbuds. They're actual open ear earbuds. And that is something I had to realize. So they're sitting in that uh, spot of your ear where they can blast audio into your ear. So they just play audio in your ear. Um, but you can still hear things around you because this is obstructing my ear. I do notice a little difference because my ears aren't actually fully open, uh, but it does allow me to hear what's going on around me. Um, on the outside of the rectangle, there's a little dot, um, that, if you find that, you can double tap to play pause. I haven't got fast forward, rewind, anything else to work with this yet, but that's what took cut me off guard for a little bit is you have to find that little dot and then double tap on it, but it is tactile, so that's that's positive. Um, I suspect because they didn't think people would be looking at their ears when they're using the earbuds. So, um, And my initial thoughts are that it has a lot more low end than any other shocks I've ever tried before. Um, but it still gives me that open ear feeling because I can hear what's going on around me. Uh, you can wear one, though it appears that both are playing audio at the same time, so that's kind of disappointing. Um, and if you take it off your ear, it does not pause, so you have to remember to pause or you'll be three episodes ahead in your podcast queue. Hmm. Sounds like this happened to you. Yeah, yeah. So... So sounds kind of like to me the experience of the if I was doing a comparison to from earbuds to the standard, you know, open shocks to these uh, having earbuds in is kind of like having noise canceling headphones on or closed back studio headphones on mm -hmm. versus the regular open style like the open runs are more like having uh, open back uh, studio headphones on so you can hear everything coming through your ear. And these sound more like they give you more of that feeling of kind of like these AKGs where they're semi-open. They're not completely open, but they're not completely closed. So you can hear some stuff, but it's not going to necessarily override what's going into your ears. You're going to have to more so control that with volume, I would think. Uh, yep. And they're better, I think, in louder environments. So I had the Open Fit Pros with me and the or the Open Run Pros and the Open Fits. This is why I have a problem with shocks sometimes. <laughs> They're all open. Uh, and so the open fits, I could hear better in the car when I was trying to do stuff on my phone with the radio playing and the uh, just road noise. And so I feel like if I was in an airport or something, I'd prefer the open fits because I can hear a little better, especially if I'm on a call with like Be My Eyes or Ira. Yeah, because it's more that directional because it's kind of sitting right over your ear blasting directly in versus the... Yeah, yeah my experience with the Open Fit Pros... Uh, nope, no, I just Open Run Pros. <laughs> now I did it, and I ain't even got them. Uh, the Open Run Pros at convention this past summer was they worked in a pinch when I needed them because I hadn't really thought about how loud it was going to be in there, but also sticking an earbud in my ear which is typically has been my typical usage when i'm going to like some of these smaller conventions i've been to smaller events i've been to for at guys uh, i would just have one earbud in mm -hmm. uh, when i needed to take an order or something like that uh convention yeah not not happening uh for me at nfb so i did end up using the open run pros and they worked but i did have to turn them pretty much all the way up and you uh, get that weird vibration. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm going to try the open fits maybe at Washington and see how that goes. I have not used Bluetooth in a live production environment on my computer. On my phone, I got no problem with it, but on the computer, I haven't. So maybe I'll try that and see because I that's the worst thing is having more cables when you're trying to run around trying the booth to, and get uh -huh, stuff done. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's one advantage to the Bluetooth. And normally, like, you know, for me, the wire would have been better, but it just wasn't working there. I did temporarily think about trying my AirPod Pros with their transparency mode turned on. It didn't go so well. Ah, 
Gotcha. I think it blocked yeah. out a little too much noise. I wasn't able to hear as much of the people talking to me as I needed to hear. Uh, so the open open run pros almost did it again. Uh, we're definitely better. So I'll have to get me a pair of these open fits and try those out at some point. Yeah. yeah. That's all I got. Um, I think that's probably all for today. What time is it? Let me look how long we have been. Okay, we're at 68.35. Yeah. You should save. I'll say once because I thought about it a while ago and I was like, oh, crap, I ain't save. Let me go and save. All right, and there's my second save. And we'll do a third one after we say. Thanks for listening. We're going to wrap it up here this week. Uh, we did record this on the 23rd of October due to travel for Mike uh, going on. So if anything amazing or horrific happened after the 23rd of October and we didn't mention it, well, that's why, because at the time we're recording, it didn't happen. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. You can drop us a line at TW at your own Oh, wait, there's another thing. Hold on. Oh. We got so we both mentioned wiping our computers. Uh, well, I mentioned that I'm going to wipe my computer. You're going to wipe yours. Mike didn't tell people he has a new computer. Uh, he didn't share that with the world. He's keeping out a secret. I, <laughs> I didn't. I don't know. I don't know how this new computer is going to look. We'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah. But I am also about to wipe my 15. So as you're hearing this, I have probably already wiped it, but I am not restoring from a backup. I'm going to start fresh uh, due to several reasons. I'll get into it in the next episode as to one of the reasons I did this. But um, anybody has any suggestions for apps? Because outside of my defaults, uh, which, hey, I will give away another free Mac Whisper license to anybody who can give me five of the first 10 apps that I install on my phone. Uh, I feel like we did this earlier this year. So we did this with the Mac. We did this with the Mac. So, yeah. uh, If you can give me five of the first 10 apps that I installed on my phone, uh, I will give you a free license to Mac Whisper. Uh, and if you don't have a Mac, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, <laughs> you can still participate. The license just might not do you any good. Yeah, or you could give it to somebody else who does have a Mac or something. Or, or you know, take it and auction it off. I don't know. I don't care. Anyway, uh, yeah, if you can give me five of the first 10 apps that I install, and I'm going to make a list as, I'm, I, as I install them because this phone is going to be set up based off, oh, I need this app right now to do a thing let me go download this app right uh, i will try to put some forethought in it but i'm also going to be switching back to my 13 mini a little bit for a carry phone as i'm setting this one up so not an immediate rush uh, but if anybody has some apps that you think maybe i have not tried or maybe good for productivity or travel uh, definitely reach out and you can do that by sending an email to tw at your own or you can talk to us on Mastodon. He is Payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N, at unmute.community. I'm Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E, at unmute.community. And the show is uh, feedback at... No. 